from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney from the ever-popular Dr. John Deloney Show on the Ramsey Networks, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today mental health expert and so if you want to talk about relationships and uh, work in some questions about all of that while we talk about everything else here this is what this show is about you we're here to serve you talk about you right in front of you yep triple eight eight two five five two two five that's triple eight eight two five five two two five andrea is with us in houston hi andrea how are you Blessed and highly favored. How about you, sir? Just the same. How can I help? I have a dilemma. Well, long story short, a year and a half ago, I got good and mad and decided enough. And I am fully focused on working the baby steps. Recently, my sister had reached out to all of us in the family, brothers and sisters, that we should really get together and come up with a plan for our parents because unfortunately they've always worked paycheck to paycheck. They have no savings. Um, My father, 64, still working full time. I really can't see him even retiring. And we've recently found out that he's removed my mom from his insurance because she refuses to provide any documentation that he would need in order to have her added. And he's not really pushing because he sees it as, well, if she's not using it, why even pay for it? And you're talking about health insurance. You're talking about health insurance. Correct. Okay. So what's your question? My question is my sister's idea was to start a savings account where we all contribute roughly a hundred dollars a month for them until the unforeseeable future. There's no end in sight for that. And that's very sweet. Absolutely not. I figured you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely I just, not. No. I just don't know what to do because I feel that if I kind of have the expectations of, oh, it'll get better, something will come up. But Why? Why would it get better? They're that, not changing anything. I know, but in the end, the, it'll come to us. I can't see. What, not what will come parents. to you? You mean you got to feed them? Medical expenses. My mom's. Her mental health isn't that great. Um, She has her good days and bad days. We've tried to get her to go see a doctor, but she just gets irate, refuses to listen. Um, We just know that eventually it'll, since she won't go see a doctor, it's going to, it's not going to be pretty when. What about, what about your dad? Have you sat down with your dad across from a table and said, I'm coming to you in love and all of us here love you. We know that mom is struggling mightily, and we know that it's very tough. But we're also looking at, you're 63, can't do this forever. And I want to know if you guys have a plan for what comes after this. And I'm asking this because I had this exact conversation with my mom and dad. We've had the conversation with my dad, and he's kind of putting it on us. More of a, well, she's your mother. Worst case scenario, you'll deal with it. And I have that with him, and I'm, I've told them, like, we do need to come up with a plan because, in the end, we'll be in more debt than what we already are. You're not in debt. 
I am in debt. You don't get their you don't get their debt. No, but she's got her own debt. I know, but I'm saying you're not gonna Oh, you're gonna go into debt to help them. No, you're not. Absolutely not. And that's what frightens me. No, don't do that it. Is the- no, I just wouldn't do it. No. Absolutely not. No. We asked these people to help themselves. We offered to help them help themselves. And their answer was no. Absolutely, you're not going into debt to help somebody. And poisoning your family tree in order to help somebody who's poisoned theirs is is, is that's how that's how family trauma just rolls down a hill. It's just going to stay the same way, and your kids are going to. It's just going to keep going that way. Somebody's got to say, "I'm done. I'm out." So there is no amount of money that is enough to take care of all of the possible things that could happen to these two people who refuse to take care of themselves. And a hundred dollars a month is laughable. I know. That's a joke. It's a joke. It's like everybody wants to feel like they did something and you did nothing. That's $1,200. Do you know how fast that goes? 30 seconds in a doctor's office. It's gone. That's how much it costs to open those 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 uh, those doors just to walk if in. If you that, walk in the, in the door, they charge you 1200 bucks just for coming. <laughs> right. No. And that's a year. It, it, that's a year of you putting it in there. No, absolutely not. That's and a, you're going to end up with an account that, and brothers and sisters that all, arguing over who's doing what, who's doing what, and we got to no, do this. And thank mom needs you. This I and, will manage my money. I will decide with my money and my wealth how much help I'm going to be able and willing to help with extended family members, including parents. You may have to decide you can't do anything. You are not morally, legally, or ethically obligated or biblically obligated to write checks for these people that would refuse to take care of themselves. Okay. You're just not. I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying the guilt trip thing that is hovering in this whole conversation is absolute bull. Like, we have to get together to figure out how we're going to take care of these people. No, we don't. No, we don't. Nope. Nope. I can decide what I can do or am willing to do. You can decide what you can do or you're willing to do. But we're not going to form a little GoFundMe, 100 bucks a month that's a freaking joke, and feel like we did something. Nope. 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 I'll pass. So all you can do here is what you've done, and that is, Tell everybody involved kindly and gently and with compassion that you love them. And then when something comes up, you decide if you're able and willing to participate, you and your husband. But you do not destroy your family unit to pay bills, medical bills, for someone had the opportunity to get health insurance and just didn't. No. Yeah. That's wrong. It's wrong. Okay. And so you and your husband sit down and say, all right, not if, but when this happens, we will, mom can come stay in the garage apartment or we're not going to be in a position to do this. And then like Dave said, you call your brothers and sisters and you say, this is what we're able to do. Yeah. And, and I'm going to put a period by it. And remember, always choose guilt over resentment. Choose guilt over resentment. You're going to feel guilty. That's, that's, that's normal. You're going to feel guilty. Your brothers and sisters are going to do a great job of making you feel guilty because they learned it from their mom and dad. If you go along with this and further put yourself in debt to support somebody who is willingly is looked at his kids and said, "Eh, y'all carry this. I don't. I don't want to. This is y'all's problem. I can't. I can't imagine as a dad, Dave, doing that. But that's 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 the world you're in. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking it's, to me, man. It's very hard to walk through, but you have to establish some very firm, reasonable, kind boundaries and then protect your family out of abundance and surplus. You can help them to whatever extent you want to without becoming an enabler. Probably already too late. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org budget. That's chministries.org budget. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Wow. Phone numbers, 888-825-5225. Zach's in Huntsville, Texas. Hi, Zach. How are you? Uh, I've been better. <laughs> Uh-oh. How can we help? Uh, well, Murphy kicked in my front door, asked me where's the beer, and planted his butt firmly on my couch. And on top of that, I have some major struggles with ADHD, so I was hoping John could help me figure out ways to stop my impulse spending so that I can clean this mess up because I'm – I'm completely alone in two things. Number one, I don't have an accountability partner because I'm single. And number two, I'm a truck driver. I'm on the road all the time. I don't have somebody sitting next to me to tell me, hey, that's stupid. Don't do that. And I'm also a master at talking myself into making the stupid decision anyway. So You are also, like Zach, said, you're also a master at deflecting responsibility. Is that true, too? I, <laughs> uh, yes. Answer yes. I'm working on getting better at it, but you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say the words you're right. You can't even say it. <laughs> so if you Google ADHD, my picture comes up, right? So I'm going to feel like you're not typecasting exactly what I told you. <laughs> um, ADHD is a context, not an excuse. Okay? Mm-hmm. It is a brain processing issue. I say issue. It makes some things harder and it makes some things inc- way easier than than people that you know and love. Okay. So I want to move that over to the side. I want to focus on the behaviors that the actions that you're not doing and that you are choosing to blame all the stuff on. And this is what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. is empower you and unchain you from this. You think this, this ADHD is dragging you around the world, making you do all these things. It's not, it's not, it's not true. It's contributing to the chaos in your life, 100%. It's not making you do things. You're not out of control. Um, the And the ADHD is not in control. That's what John's saying. Um, unless you choose to hand over the keys to the car and let it drive. And that's a choice. But you're not out of control. Yes, as I'm trying to be intentional about things, the very concept of ADHD makes intentionality difficult. Oh yeah, man. My mm-hmm. wife calls, I've got magical time. She calls it. Um, it's a very unintentional tuning out. Like <laughs> and this happened this morning. I went downstairs to grab something out of the uh, small fridge we have in the garage. 
And on the way back up, I thought, literally, I haven't practiced this guitar solo in a while. And I went back downstairs and went into the basement, the other part of the basement, and got my guitar and plugged it in. This is at 6.15 this morning. And then my kids are upstairs. I get what you're talking about. And that was all of those steps along the way were choices I made. See what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, uh, like I'm working really hard on the impulse control because I recognize that is a choice I'm making, and I'm getting better at stopping. The only other facet of it that has caused me the most difficulty is forgetting things that need to be paid on certain times. Because, like, I do got a few roommates who help me keep track of the bills, but like, they'll call me and be like, "Oh, hey, remember this bill needs to be paid on Friday." And I'm driving, so I can't like write it down or nothing like that. I hold on, no hold on, hold on, hold on. You're trying to white knuckle your way through this. There was a season, and I'm I'm not proud of this, but this was me taking ownership. I gave my debit card to my wife for a season years ago. I put as many roadblocks as possible between my impulse issues and so, the world I wanted to create. I also have, I'm bad about firing off emails. So I made a rule. I don't email for 24 hours. Like I'm putting these barriers in front of me. And over time, my body learns that this is a better way to live. Yeah. So in other words, another way of saying that Zach is to say, we've got to put some processes in place that remind you about the bills whether it's a calendar system you're using, uh, whether it's the every dollar app, then you put a reminder in about a bill and it dings when you wake up in the morning. Um, you put a re- systems and processes in place that do two things. They spur you towards proper actions at the proper times. And you can even put some processes and systems in place that give some boundaries to your purchase. And it can just be a, a, a self rule. A rule is, I don't use Amazon Prime because I can't control it. A rule could be, that could be, that may not be. A, a rule could be, uh, I'll give you a rule that I give everyone that goes through Financial Peace University. If you're going to spend over $500 on an item, wait overnight because the body chem- um, the body chemistry changes overnight. And so large purchases, anyone, regardless of ADHD, uh, should wait overnight because your your adrenaline drops, the proteins, endorphins have been released. There's, you get excited, and the whole, and the chemistry of excitement occurs when you're making a purchase. There's all kinds of you can, you can map it on a graph, and so you know if, if you feel that that rising up inside of you, you go wait. I have to wait overnight. That's one of my rules. And uh, in my case, I'm married. You're not. You said, but I also have to talk to my spouse. I don't spend five hundred dollars without talking to her. She didn't spend $500 without talking to me. It's not because I'm henpecked and my wife controls my life or I'm an overbearing husband and she can't do anything. She's not got any rights. It's because we respect a process that keeps us from overspending. And to, um, I want you to get upstream of this too. What, is that, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You got to exercise. Even if it's, if it's going for walks before you hit the truck in the morning. You got to be conscious of what you're eating. You got to get sleep. You got to do these things way upstream that give your brain a fighting chance. You can't sleep four and a half um, hours a night, drive 90 miles an hour for 12 straight hours, crash in some dimly lit uh, hotel room, eat something from the continental breakfast and hit the road again. It's like putting water and sand in your gas tank. The thing's not going to run very well. Um. You there? You there? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, as uh, ironically, because of this call, I was going to ask a question. I completely forgot what it was. Oh, yeah. Um, like, any tips for trying to stop these small ones? Because I've never done like anything over like a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, put a Usually, process. Put a process in. Put a process in place to stop it. What? Where are you buying it? How are you buying it? Usually, it's like. I'm groggy and running a little late in the morning, so I go grab McDonald's for breakfast, or I have had a really long, really hard day. I don't have the energy to want to cook anything, so I just walk inside and order something from Carl's Jr. It's usually stuff like that. So meal prep. Go to the store and buy yourself a box of protein bars. Put something ahead of it, and you're going to have to be a grown-up and say no to yourself. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard. Here, here's the thing. What you're describing is uh, not an ADHD thing. It's an everybody thing. Everyone, when we get fatigued and time stressed, always default to the point uh, or to the point of least resistance on food, on uh, on purchases, on everything. And so, uh, there's a great saying by Patton. He said, uh, "Fatigue makes cowards of us all." The t- you don't have much courage to fight against yourself when you're tired. And so, um, you know, I discovered that, you know, little thing, and I've laughed about it here on the air. I gained a whole bunch of weight during COVID because I ate every donut in a 50 mile radius. So I discovered that the stress of running this place and keeping it open and making payroll and keeping a thousand people jobs in place, the stress of fighting against entire segments of revenue evaporating and coming in here and trying to replace it with our leadership team and working and working and working and working and working. I, that I gave myself permission to eat everything in sight, particularly donuts. Mm. And so once I got and about halfway through that process, I realized I'm going to die. (laughs) (laughs) I have to stop this. I'm going to be as big as a freaking house. Fat boy needs to stop eating donuts. I just quit cold Turkey. I just quit because I recognize that, okay, when I'm tired, when I'm working, when I'm putting in a 16-hour day, that's when I'm vulnerable. When I'm traveling, that's when I'm vulnerable because fatigue is always with travel. So I recognize your points of vulnerability, pre-prepare, like John said, pre-prepare meals, but also just say, okay, this is a time I screw up. Oh, I'm not going to do that. It's it's about changing identity. And pick up Gabor Mate, M-A-T-E, his book called Scattered, which is the ADHD masterpiece. You can check that out as well. Listen to it while you're driving. Scattered. Wow. This is The Ramsey Show. Going to be an exciting weekend here at Ramsey. All the Ramsey personalities, including Dr. John Deloney, me, Rachel Cruz, George Camel, Jade Warshaw. Uh, Ken Coleman will all be doing the smart conference this weekend in our brand new Ramsey event center, our first public event there. We are really excited about it and folks call us all over the place for advice about their money. Uh, now the smart conference this weekend is a Friday night, all day Saturday event. It is completely sold out. Sorry. Uh, just help you get some FOMO. We'll be announcing soon, uh, another one coming up in the fall, but it won't be here. Uh, so you missed this one, but maybe you didn't. Because you could at least watch the early morning or the first few talks of the morning. Rachel Cruz, George Camel's talk uh, about how to get your income up, control your spending, change your mindset, learn about money. Uh, the first couple of talks on Saturday morning, we are going to live stream them free. The event is sold out. We can't put anybody else in the building, so we can't help any more people unless we do it this way. So. Don't keep living how you're living. Jump on this live stream. It's free. 
sign up at RamseySolutions.com slash live, and we'll pipe it to you this coming Sunday morning. And Rachel Cruz and George Campbell are both world-class communicators. Actually, all of our Ramsey personalities are. I'm very proud of them. And uh, um, I'm more regional class. More regional? I'm regional class. <laughs> I'm local. <laughs> well, I mean, when you get into self-deprecating, you're the king. But other than that. <laughs> I'm regional class. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what regional class means, but anyway. Uh, so anyway, we're all going to be there, and we're all going to be excellent in spite of John. And <laughs> so, but if you want to watch the first couple talks, RamseySolutions.com/live for Saturday morning's Smart Conference. Rachel Cruz, George Camel. You want some help with your money? You want to be inspired? You want some information? Uh, some inspiration that you haven't had? Maybe you know someone that does. Have them sign up and watch this live stream. It is completely free for the first couple of lessons on saturday morning so budget about an hour and a half or so two hours and you'll be able to catch catch the startup the saturday morning startup of the smart conference so thanks for hanging out with us bianca is in san diego hi bianca how are you hi i'm great thanks for taking my call sure what's up so my husband and i have about 200k in debt not including our mortgages we have two homes one we live in and one that we use as a rental um we both are on board paying off debt. We're tired of being in debt, but we have different paths that we think we can get um, there faster. So the home that's our rental, he had that previously before he met me. Um, basically, he took over it um, from his grandfather that was going to go into foreclosure. So that's how he had that home. I would personally want to sell that home and use uh, the equity in that to pay off our debt. And he's more thinking he wants to keep that other house and just be really intentional and work more hours and pay it off um, just like gazelle intense. So I kind of wanted to give you that advice. You have $200,000 in debt that is not mortgages. Yes. On what? Well, it's one of your favorite words, 100000 on HELOC, mm-hmm. which was a bad idea. Um, we have eighty k in student loans and about twenty on solar Nothing on cars. No car payments. No. Okay. What was the HELOC for? Paying off old bills. When we purchased the home, we basically purchased this home that we're in now. Um, my daughter has special needs, and we needed to get her into a better school district. And we basically bought like the ugliest house on the nicest street. If that makes sense. So it needed like a full. There was like um, cracks everywhere in the concrete. We had to do a lot of upgrades to it. To just get it livable. So this was for repairs? Yes. How much is your first mortgage? So the one we live in. Yeah, the um, one with the HELOC. The one, yeah, it's 600000 What's the house worth? Um, I just looked at Zillow today. It's worth nine seventy five. Okay, cool. And the other house that was his grandpa's has how much owed on it? Three fifty. And what is it worth? Uh, when I looked today, it was worth six twenty. Okay. And how how long have y'all been married? Uh, we've been married five years. Okay. What's their household income? Um, right now, it's about one hundred fifteen to one hundred thirty. Um, I was working, but my mother recently got really ill with cancer, so I'm taking care of her right now. And we have a special needs daughter, so it's just his income. Okay, the house he got from his grandpa that was in foreclosure, was that a a family property? Um, By that, I mean, does it have history with the family, or was it just a place grandpa lived? 
Um, it's kind of a long story, like kind of messy, but basically um, he lived there and then he was going to lose it because he made some bad financial investments. You told us it was and in so, foreclosure. Well, does it have family history or not? Yeah, all of his, his mom grew up there, his aunts, everybody grew up in that house. So really that's his reasoning for not selling it, not some kind of financial decision. Yeah, I think it's, I think there is an attachment. I think yeah. sometimes also he thinks like, oh, you know, we don't know how our daughter our daughter's going to develop, and he thinks like the more property and more stuff like income we can uh, generate for her. Yeah, until you took out a hundred thousand dollars he locked to fix a cracked sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, you, know, right. you kind of kind of screwed that plan up. Like, I want to do something yeah. good for my special needs daughter, so we're going to go deeply in debt. No, that, that that those two things are counteract or are, are counterproductive. He's got a really expensive bucket bailing water yeah. on a ship with a hole in it. He needs to stop and plug the hole in the ship. Yeah, you guys got to sell this house. You got to sell the house. I'm sorry. I hate it because it does have memories and it is going to break a part of his heart and that's why he doesn't want to sell it, but um your uh, needs your daughter's needs the future of your house is much more important than the past of that other house okay and another way to, another way to think of it is instead of trying to prop up this idea of legacy in in these four walls of this house be able to sit back and say my granddad bought this house raised families here and set us up in a position that we could change our family tree when it comes to our money. Yeah. And what's your daughter's name? Her name's um, Natalia. Natalia. Okay. Would you do me a favor? Don't you ever blame your stupid butt financial decisions on your daughter again? Okay. That's so wrong. My special needs daughter gave me permission to do stupid stuff. No. You have an extra responsibility to not do stupid stuff in the name of having a special needs daughter. Not, I have a special needs daughter, so we had to do this. If you keep using her as a cloak for your stupid stuff, you're going to keep doing stupid stuff because it gives you permission to do anything if you call on the nobility of taking care of special needs. And that is not a fact. So quit doing that. You've got to stop that. And you guys have to get your, if you're going to sell this house and pay off everything, you've also got to get on a budget. You've got to get under control. You've got to make every dollar behave because you'll go back into this mess. If you blame Natalia for your next stupid thing again, like this house you bought, that was all to pieces. And then you went in debt further after buying the house Ugh. and, and, but used it all as a rationalization to make that move. And you just can't do that. You've got, you know, next time you get ready to buy a car, well, I have a special needs daughter. I, I don't care. I don't care. You still can't buy a car if you can't own the money to buy it. You got to stop this. You've got to stop this. And, and so you guys have got to get yourselves under control. The danger of selling the house is you guys don't change your decision-making processes and your habits, and you're going to go back in debt. But truthfully, mathematically, you need to sell the house. You're right and get rid of all this debt and get it off of you. But only if you both raise your right hand and pinky swear and spit shake to never make decisions that involve debt again, ever, and live on a written budget where you live on less than you make. And um, listen, stuff comes at all of us. Relatives get cancer, people pass away, children have struggles, stuff comes at all of us. 
You've got to have a process that involves you to live your life without sacrificing the quality of your life on the altar of the bad things that come at you. This is The Ramsey Show. Thank you for joining us, America. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Thank you for being with us. If you're brand new to the show, and based on our rankings and ratings, we know a bunch of you are, uh, lots of new folks coming around. Thank you for that. And uh, those of you telling people to come, thank you for that. But if you're brand new and you're trying to uh, learn all this lingo and what this Ramsey stuff means and all that, well, uh, go to the Ramsey site. Go to RamseySolutions.com. RamseySolutions.com. Click on the Get Started button, and we'll help you figure out the next best step for where you are and start to kind of graft you in. This is where you are, and here's the next thing you can do, and here's how we teach this, and it's all free. The whole thing's free, so not a problem at all. Check it out. All right, uh, Jonathan's with us in Houston, Texas. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing good, Mr. Ramsey. I heard you've been doing finance for a while, so I thought maybe you'd be the guy to go to for some advice. <laughs> Since the dinosaurs roamed the earth, brother, what's up? Well, um, I am currently working three jobs, um, one full-time job, one side gig, and uh, I also serve in the reserves. Um, my side gig at this point is making a lot more than my full-time income, and so I am just hoping to get some advice on when to pull the trigger and and make that my full-time gig. What is it? Uh, so the side gig is I make music. Um, it started on social media and has grown in some other platforms. Um, the problem, the hangup I have is I've only been doing it about six months. So I'm just kind of worried about the stability. I have a wife and son and uh, just trying to make it all happen at once. All right. I'm a little confused. How are you making music make money on social media? You're just wildly uh, popular? Social, <laughs> um, it has kind of blown up, uh, but most of my income is coming from the music streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, all of that. The social media is mainly just the way I get it out there. How much are you making? Like, Give us real dollar amounts, not pretend musician dollars. Yes, sir. Um, I made about $50,000 between August and December this last year, so... I'm projecting maybe between 100 and 125 this year. But was that on a on a particular track that blew up, or is that a steady stream that's slowly increasing over time? You see, what I'm saying like that. Is, I have a post that gets 300,000 likes on it, and then my next one gets six. My next one gets two, 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 two. So I had I had one really cool thing happen, and then it just settles back in. Yes, sir. Uh, so I thought that that's what was going to happen to me. Um, but each thing that I've posted since then, I've got about 25 songs out now and they have all been performing well. I'm, I'm getting good engagement. So I, I expect it to continue to grow. I've had one or two that's maybe bigger than the others, but, um, it's been very consistent all in all. So the, all of your revenue is coming from, uh, your, your, uh, letting people sample the song on social and then they're going to, iTunes and buying it, and for a buck, for a buck, you're making fifty grand. Uh, yes, sir. I would say the streams are probably um, close to seventy percent um, of that income. The rest comes from just ad share on the social media uh, sites, uh, selling CDs and and yeah. that sort of thing. How many followers have you got? 
Uh, between all, I'm approaching a million. I think I'm about 900,000. You're not getting much rev share then. Okay. Uh, a little, but you know, you're, the main thing is you're just monetizing your music career beautifully. Congratulations. Highly unusual and wonderful. Okay. Here, here's the thing. Here's what we're poking around on and you're asking. So, um, if, if the, if the site is this replicatable and sustainable, can I repeat the process? Can I keep making, can I use this recipe to keep making cakes? Because the cake I made is sold, but can I use this recipe to keep making enough cakes to feed my family? That's what we're trying to figure out. Is it sustainable and scalable? And you know, can you get bigger and bigger and bigger? So certainly, uh, you've done, you've done an amazing job so far. Congratulations. That's fabulous. I would not quit my day job except to the extent that you can prove to yourself logically and you and your spouse are you married? Yes, sir. Yeah. You and your spouse are sitting there looking at this going, okay, is this a recipe that if I keep using this recipe, I'm going to keep getting quality chocolate cake. In other words, I'm going to keep making money doing music. Uh, and that's what we were poking out trying to, is this a one hit wonder? Okay. You've established it's not we'll buy, I'm, I'm buying that. Okay. That's good. Um, and, and then at what point can we level in and go, okay, this is music business is my career because there's a whole lot of wannabes in that space and not many people who actually make a living. Yeah. And the space is littered with a great first record, or I finally got, I finally got a feature film. So I quit my day job and went and I, I did a good job. I got a good in. I got a good role in this film, and then there's no more films. That what do come. you do? What do you do during the day? Uh, I'm in construction. I do estimating. Okay. Uh, for a general contractor. Okay. And how much debt do you have? Uh, make about seventy um, over there, and that the thing is, I really like that job. No. Um, how much debt do you have? It. I'm just running myself dry. Yeah. Oh, um, I just my house own a house that's it. okay does your wife work outside the home uh no sir she started staying home this year okay all right so you're bringing you're bringing in about 120 and we're talking about cutting that to 50 but you'd have more hours so maybe you could get the 50 up to 70 if the recipe is duplicatable if you had more hours yes. to work on the music because you didn't have a construction job you know, could you get it up to 70 or even 90, but you're still taking a pay cut net net because you're giving up the day job, right? Um, net, I will take a pay cut. However, I am making more on a monthly basis doing the music. I'm grossing about 10 to 12,000 per month, probably on average. Okay. Yeah. But gross is not, um, I mean, you mean gross of taxes or gross of expenses? Uh, gross. I'm bringing in about ten thousand dollars on the music. I may have a thousand or two in expenses. Yeah, mixing. So and, gr- and gross doesn't matter. Net matters. Plus thirty percent that you're going to have to pay in taxes. Put aside for taxes. Yeah, but the uh, um, yes. and then insurance. If your if your GC pays you your health insurance or something, you're going to have to budget that into. Yeah. So the, to the extent that you can see this is replicatable, sustainable, and can be grown, is when I'm comfortable with that, I'm going to quit. And do what you're doing. Yes, sir. Okay, that's what I would do. Yes, sir. So that that's uh, but you've re- you're really in a position to ascertain that better than, and be sure that you don't talk your wife into this. 
be sure that she says, honey, you've got to do this. This is the right thing. I have, here's what you really want to hear from her. I have peace about this. If your wife says that you're probably on track. Yes, sir. But if she's like, I'm scared, don't do it. And it's not because she's a scaredy cat. Cause here's the thing. Proverbs 31 says, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her and he will have no lack of gain. When I stopped making decisions that went against the peace in my wife's spirit, my income went up substantially. Our asset base went up substantially. The number of stupid butt things that we did went down substantially. Now, is she without error? No, of course she's not without error, and she will tell you that because she's a virtuous woman. She will tell you sometimes she makes an error. I'm not sure if this is the Holy Spirit, honey. It could be last night's pizza, but I don't feel good about this. She's not saying, and thus saith the Lord. Or thus saith the wife. She's not confused. She's not confused her own voice with the voice of the Holy Spirit. And some people do that. So, yeah, you just get, you know, you've got to kind of, she's got to have that peace. If she's got that peace, she's looking at the systems. My wife, let me tell you, Jonathan, my wife says she has a feeling or from East Tennessee, a feeling. Oh, I'm, I'm the it's same. It's a seven-syllable word. If she's got a bad feeling, we're about to lose ten grand minimum. I fought my wife on this for the first half of our marriage, and she is even sophisticated enough now to say, "I don't like this, but it's right. Go for it." Right? Like I, I feel it in my spirit. Yeah. I trust it 100. percent Yep. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't quite understand it, but it feels right. That's right. That's a. That's a. That's a deal right there. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.